We turn with me to the Gospel of John this morning, John chapter 1. In these few weeks leading up to Christmas, we have been walking through John's version of the Christmas story and showing us that Christmas really began in eternity past with the eternal will of God and with the eternal divine person of the Son of God, the Word, who was there in the beginning with God and who is himself God. This Word is the one who came to us, the Word that made us, the Word that brought everything into existence, according to verse 3. This Word came to us and brought light and life. John told us in this passage that this eternal Word, when He came to us, brought the light of God. And I'd like to read this passage this morning again, going back to verse 1. But then we're going to focus our attention on verses 9 through 13 this morning. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. Let's bow in prayer together. Our Father, we thank you for the word, for the eternal living word who came to us and brought life and light. We thank you, Father, for your grace. We thank you for what you have accomplished for us through this eternal divine word. We thank you for his life that was given for us. We thank you for the light that he brought so that we might see and live. Father, we thank you for the salvation that he accomplished and applied to us. Father, we today, as your people, desire to rejoice in you, to praise you for all that you have done. Father, open our eyes today to see, to believe, to worship Christ, the King. We pray this in his name. Amen. One of the things that I've noticed over the years is that Christmas seems to be a holiday that is mostly about children. Christmas is a holiday for children. I mean, children get the most excited for Christmas, right? It seems like the older that you get, Christmas 
is just another day on the calendar. You know, it seems like it gets here a whole lot quicker, and then it's gone in a flash. When you were a kid, and it seemed like Christmas took forever to get there, right? I remember when I was little, you used to get the uh, Sears catalog in the mail. And you'd go to the mailbox and you'd get the Sears catalog out and it'd have all the, the cool toys in like the back third of the catalog. And you'd look through that and you'd start your wish list. And the problem is that catalog came in like September. And so you're waiting for like four months for Christmas to come. And it seemed like it took forever, but it seems like the older you get, the faster it goes. Christmas is about children. We focus our attention on children Parents, we focus on the gifts for the children. Grandparents, we want to give gifts to our grandchildren. It's about children. Christmas is about a child, isn't it? I mean, the Christmas story is about a child. It's about the Christ child born in Bethlehem, born of the Virgin Mary, placed in that manger. Christmas is about a child, the child, the most important child ever born. But what John reveals to us in this passage is that, yes, children is definitely, or Christmas is definitely about children, but not in the way that we normally think. Not in just the giving of gifts, not just in, you know, seeing their joy, opening their presents. Christmas is about children, but it's about spiritual children. It's about becoming children of God. Children that are related now to this eternal divine word, children who are now in a family with God, with Christ, our Redeemer. John tells us in this story how that we might become children of Christmas, children of God. And the first thing that John reveals to us in this passage is that we are not by nature children of God. And we're blind to the light. So John in this passage is going to show us what it is to become children of God. But in verses 9 and 10, first, he shows us that we are not by nature children of God. Notice what he says in verse 9. He says, The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Who is the true light? Well, we know it's Christ, don't we? We know that in this context of John 1, it is this eternal word who was there with God in the beginning, this word who is God. And later on in the passage is going to tell us that this word became flesh, became a human being and dwelt among us. And we know the rest of the story of the gospel of John, that this is about Christ. His whole purpose in writing this gospel, John 20, 31, is so that you might know and believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God, and that by believing in him, you may have life in his name. This true light is Jesus. He came into the world and he was giving light to everyone who is coming into the world. Now, when it says that Jesus came and was giving light to everyone in the world, it does not mean that everyone saw or perceived that light. That's very clear from verse 10, because it says he was in the world And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. So imagine that you are completely and utterly blind. 
You are so blind, physically blind, that you cannot tell if someone turns the light switch on in your room or not. You have no visual awareness of whether there is complete light, blinding light, or whether it's complete abject darkness. It makes no difference to you. You can't tell the difference. That is the spiritual condition of every single one of us left to ourselves. We are blind. We're blind to the light of Christ. Have you ever wondered how it is that the Messiah, the chosen one of God, the one that had been prophesied for hundreds of years, beginning with Moses and running through all the types and the shadows through the Old Testament, David, King David, and all the promises that forever there would be one in David's line who would reign on his throne, all the prophets, Isaiah through Malachi, that predicted a coming one who would come and give salvation to God's people. All of these prophecies through hundreds of years of the Old Testament, there was an expectation, there was a prophetic hope looking for Jesus. And what an irony that when he arrived, when he showed up, the people that he came to didn't even know he was there. They didn't recognize him for who he was. How is that possible? How can you have all of this buildup, all of this expectation, all of this clear prophetic word saying this is coming, and then when he arrives on the scene doing the exact same things that Isaiah said he would do in Isaiah 61, healing the blind, healing the lame, healing the deaf, proclaiming good news to the captives, doing all of those same exact things that the people who saw him did not recognize him. They didn't see it. How is that possible? Because by nature, spiritually, we all have blinders on. We're all dead in trespasses and sins, as Paul says in Ephesians 2. So verse number 10 and 11, which says that he, he was in the world and the world did not recognize him. And then verse 11, he came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. The reason that happened and happens all the time is because by nature, we are blinded to the truth. We are so blind that we cannot tell when the light is there. So Jesus came, he was the blinding, shining, glorious light of God in the world. Such that everyone who had eyes to see could see him. But that was the problem. A lot of people, and by nature, none of us have the eyes to see. And so they miss the light. By nature, we are not children of God and we are blind to the light. So all of those people in Jesus' day, I shouldn't say all, because John is going to reveal to us in a moment that there were some who did believe. But by nature, those who, who saw Jesus didn't recognize him for what he was. And what a great irony John shows us in verse 10 when he says that the world was made through him and yet the world did not recognize him. 
the world did not recognize its own creator. And verse 11 says he came to his own, meaning the Jewish people. The people who had been entrusted with the law, with the prophets, he came to his own and his own people did not recognize him and did not receive him. Do you remember where Jesus received the coldest shoulder in all of his ministry? It was in Nazareth. His own hometown, the people who knew him the most, that's where he received the most rejection. And he said, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country. His own did not recognize him for what he was. Not until after the death and resurrection of Jesus did Jesus' own brothers recognize him as the Messiah and Savior. They didn't see it. They were blind to the light. And so he came, but they didn't see it. John is going to also reveal to us in this passage, secondly, that that blindness we cannot, by our own natural ability, fix. We cannot, by our own natural ability, see the light to become children of God. That's the problem, is by nature, we're blind to the light. So how do we fix that? Well, if by nature we are blind to it, then it stands to reason then by nature we can't fix it. It's just like a person who is born blind with a, a, a birth defect such that they cannot see and they're completely blind where they cannot see the light. Does that person have any hope within themselves to fix their blindness? They don't. They can't. That is our condition spiritually as human beings. Because of our inherent depravity and sin nature that we inherited from Adam, we are innately, inherently corrupt from the moment that we are born. We're blinded. We're dead in trespasses and sins. We do not have the ability, the strength, the power. We don't even have the will to want to do it, to make ourselves see the light. We can't. And so John says that his people did not recognize him. He was in the world and the world did not recognize him. Even though he made it, his own world didn't know him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. His own people could not recognize him. And then verse 13, John says that children of God are not born of natural descent. They're not born of a human decision or of a husband's will. In other words, this being born of God doesn't come about by natural means. It doesn't happen by natural means. John is talking about a birth here in this passage that is so far different from normal physical birth. He contrasts it. In verse 13, he says that these children are not born, the children of God, they're not born of natural descent. So it doesn't matter who your physical father is. These children of God, they're not born because of a human decision or a husband's will or the will of man. It is not something that happens naturally. It is not something that can happen by human decision or by human power, human ingenuity or human strength. It is not something that we can solve naturally. So that leaves us only one hope, doesn't it? 
It's got to be God. We are born with blindness. We do not have the natural capacity or ability to fix that blindness and see the light on our own. So that leaves us only one hope. And that is for someone outside of ourselves with the power and the ability, but also with the will and the desire to do something to help us. And that is who God is, isn't he? That's who God is. God is the one who has the power, the ability, and the one who has the will and the love and the desire to help us. And so John says in verse number 12, yet to all who did receive him, that is receive Jesus, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of a human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. So what is John showing us here? It is only by the supernatural grace of God that we see the light and become children of God. It is only by the supernatural grace of God that we see the light and become children of God. We're born blind. We can't fix our blindness on our own to see the light of Jesus. So our only hope to see the light of Jesus has to come from God, the great physician. God, the great physician, heals our spiritual blindness and opens our eyes so that when we see Jesus, we don't just see a man. We don't just see a teacher. We don't just see a prophet. We see the word. We see the word made flesh. We beheld his glory, John says in this passage, full of grace and truth. We don't just see a man or a teacher or a prophet. We see the eternal divine son of God who enfleshed himself and became man and came to dwell among us so that we might become children of God. When God opens our eyes, then we see the light. And when we see Jesus, the light, we believe. We believe. almost like when you wonder how it is that that people move from this state of being in blindness and hard-heartedness and unbelief to being in a state of faith and soft-heartedness and repentance and crying out to God how, how do you go from one to the other you simply open their eyes When someone is blind, they can't see the light. But when someone is healed of their blindness, they can't but help see the light, can they? When someone can see, when someone has normal vision, the light is obvious, isn't it? You can't hide from it. You can't hide from the light. You know the light, even if you close your eyes, If you're a person with normal vision, you close your eyelids, somebody turns a light on in the room, you know it, don't you? You can tell the difference. The light is on. That is how people are drawn to Christ. God just opens their eyes. He opens their eyes that were blind. And when they see for the first time, 
guess where they want to go? They want to go to the light because they see it for the first time in their lives and they are drawn to it with a love and with an attraction and they want, they run to it. They run to the light exactly where anyone would run who has been, has spent their life in darkness and then seen the light for the first time. They run to it and they embrace Christ in faith. And so God, by a supernatural work, verse 13, this is not a human thing. It's not of natural descent nor the will of man. This is not a natural thing. This is a supernatural thing. They are born of God. So that takes it from the earthly realm, doesn't it? And takes it to the spiritual heavenly realm. It's not something we can do. This is something only God can do. And when God does it, it works. It's effective. It's accomplished. It happens. God gives birth to new life. And they see. It says Jesus told Nicodemus in a couple of chapters later in John chapter 3. Nicodemus is confused about these things. And Jesus says to him very simply, here's how it works. The Holy Spirit comes. You can't control him. You don't know where he's going. You don't know where he's been. But when the Holy Spirit comes and does his work, the result is new birth. There's, someone is born again and they're born from above. They're born of God. And the result is when they're born of God and their eyes are open to see the light, they believe Jesus. They receive him. All those who rejected him, they rejected him because their eyes were closed and blinded. But those who received him, like Peter and James and John, Mary and Martha, later on Paul, those who received him, their eyes were opened. They saw him for who he was and they believed and became children of God. Can you imagine a greater gift than that. Can you imagine a greater gift than that? You were an enemy, a rebel, a criminal, condemned to death. Now I am giving you freely as a gift, pardon, forgiveness, and adoption into the family of God birth into the family of God. Not only am I forgiving you, I'm welcoming you into my family as one of my children with all the rights and privileges and the love that goes with being in a family. I'm welcoming you in. To those who believed in his name, he gave the right. He gave the privilege, the authority, the position to be children of God. And John, later on in his ministry, when he wrote his first epistle, his first letter, in 1 John 3, 1, John is still blown away by this fact. He says in 1 John 3, 1, See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. It's an exclamatory statement. I can't hardly believe that we are called children of God. 
We have the right, the privilege to be children of God because God has been gracious to us. And so what John is revealing to us in these few verses is that God graciously opens our blind eyes to see the light of Christ and believe, becoming children of God. And so this morning, the response, the application, the the takeaway from this message, I think, is this. One, if you are already a child of God and you know who Jesus is, the Son of God, the Savior who rescued you from your sins and judgment, if you know that, if you believe in him, your eyes have been opened, then your response is, is gratitude, isn't it? Your response is gratitude. Your response is praise. Your response is awe and worship and love. That's, that's a right and proper response to this truth. Coming to the realization that this is all of God. God did this for me. I had nothing at all to do with it. I didn't earn it. I couldn't do anything for it. There was nothing within me that I could do to accomplish it. It is all of God. When you see that, it blows you away. It blows you away. You just stand back and say, God, thank you for your work of grace that you did on my behalf that I could never hope to do for myself. It results in praise, worship, thanksgiving. If you're here this morning and you're still not sure about who this man Jesus is, your eyes maybe haven't yet been opened to see, to believe that he is the Christ, the Messiah, the son of the living God, I pray that God will open your eyes today. Ask God to open your eyes that you might believe and see Jesus for who he is. And the other response I think that we can have today is this Christmas season. Let's share the light with people. Let's share the light. Many times throughout the Gospels, Jesus talks about light talks about himself as the light, but he also talks about us as his disciples as the light. And that because we have received the truth and we have been recipients of God's grace, we too now have had our candle lit, if you will, from his light. And now we go and share that light with the world. And so this Christmas season, as we celebrate with our families as we interact with extended members of our family, people at work in the community, this is a great opportunity, a great time to share the light of the world with people. And so may we do so with grace and with compassion, with clarity, share with them the good news that Jesus, the light of the world has come. And God in his grace may be so pleased to open their eyes that they might see him and believe for the very first time in their lives this Christmas season. May God use us that way. God graciously opens our blind eyes to see the light of Christ and believe, becoming children of God. He did that for us. He can do it for others as well. And he will, using us as his instruments of grace, carrying forth the grace of the gospel of Christ. Let's bow in prayer together. Our Father, we thank you for who Jesus is. We thank you that he is the eternal word. 
He is light. He is life. He is our creator. He is eternal wisdom. And we thank you that he has come. He has come to us. He is God with us. And in coming to us, he has brought the light of truth, the light of God to us. Father, may his light shine. May the light of Christ shine brightly in a dark and sinful world. Father, use us to be reflections of that light of Christ to the world. And Lord, may you continue to do your work of grace. Continue to open eyes, continue to heal the blind, continue to draw people to yourself and make them children of God. Our Father, grow your family. Grow your family of children of God. And may your name be exalted and glorified in all the earth. And we pray this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.